0: You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, good afternoon. I hope you're doing well. I'm Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for joining us today. I want us to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and 30 today as a devotional, maybe a bit longer, but the reality is it's one that I believe is extremely needed for our day. This morning our passage really starts in 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and really works all the way till chapter 32. But we learn of a man at the age of 25 takes over being king. His name is Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was a reformer. I like to say this was a a reformation kind of guy. And uh, he was a man that was used mightily in God's days uh, to bring about change to the nation of Israel. He restored what had been broken for some time. And the restoration process that Hezekiah faced uh, wasn't an easy walk for him. It was a Reformation that was sparked by boldness, by humility. Uh, It took pride and desire and passion and the most significant factor that drove his Reformation was his desire to seek God. Now please don't understand me. I'm not talking about some seeking God after some new revelation, which God has spoken to you, but rather... Uh, The fact that God's Word is sufficient. It's complete for us today. And here Hezekiah simply wanted to reform back to what God had already commanded in His law to the people. And so Hezekiah comes out of the gate as he becomes king to make changes. It says in in verse uh, 3 of 29, In the first month he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He also gathered together the leaders first. Uh, Reform always. uh, Change always. Uh, Reformation, revival, whatever you want to call it, it always starts with the leaders. Hezekiah calls these leaders to consecrate themselves. And also the house of the Lord. He reminds them that their fathers have been unfaithful, having done the evil in sight of the Lord. And they have forsaken him, they had turned their face away from him in, in the dwelling place of God. They turned their very backs on God. And so listen, many times, revival begins with reality. And that reality is sin. Sin must be revealed. You you can't have revival if you're not preaching sin. And you can't have change if you don't know what to change. Listen, everybody, don't they? Everybody wants the diamond without the pressure. Everybody wants revival. Just no one wants their sin revealed. Hezekiah desired change. And he called it what it was, sin. He tells us they've shut the doors. I mean, does that sound familiar? They shut the doors to the house of the Lord. They they've they put out their lamps. They have not burned incense or offerings in His holy place. Listen, we, we have churches across America that have shut their door. Their light is no longer shining. They're not worshiping God the way God calls them to worship. And Hezekiah sees the need to get back to doing things the way God calls his people to do. Listen, we, we can learn from this, but we better get back. Church, we better get back to doing things. Things the way God has called us to do them. Because the results for them were not good. And they will not be good for us either. I believe we're experiencing as a nation, as a country, as a church, the very effects of a rebellious people rising up against God. Like these forefathers of these people. And he says here in 2 Chronicles 29.8, Therefore the wrath... Of the Lord was against Judah and Jerusalem. And he has made them an object of terror, of horror, and of hissing. As you see with your own eyes. Listen, this is a terrifying reality. Hezekiah sees the need to make a covenant with God. He sees the need to partner, to come back under the reality of what God had called His people to. To turn away from the things that are not pleasing to God. And so He steps right into action. And He calls the leaders to repentance and to fulfill their duties. To be His ministers of the gospel. That would be us today. And burn incense. He wanted these priests to do their job It seems the men have stopped their actions, their duties, their responsibilities. We're told they consecrated themselves in the house of the Lord and did all that Hezekiah had commanded. I love how we're told that after they had cleansed the house of the Lord, after they took all the unclean items out and they cleaned the house, they, they, they threw them out into the Kidron Valley. They got rid of them. That they went through the cleansing process and they approached Hezekiah when they had finished that in 2 Chronicles 29, 18, and says, We have cleansed the whole house of God, the altar of, of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the table of the showbread with all of its utensils. Moreover, all the utensils with king which King Ahab Ahaz had discarded during his ring in his unfaithfulness. We have prepared and consecrated. And behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. This is beautiful. They begin to restore back into order what God had called them to. We need a revival in America. We need the church to stand up and be the church and get back to its business of being about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be proclaiming Jesus and loving one another and helping one another and utilizing the gift that God has given us as brothers and sisters in Christ. It was right away that King Hezekiah rose, it says, early in the morning. And he assembled the princes of the city and he went up to the house of the Lord and they did a few different things. First, I want you to notice they made sacrifices. Now they could honor the Lord because the house of God had been cleansed. I think the reminder here for us is that God wants our obedience. Before He wants our worship. We must repent. We must ask God to forgive us. Have Him wash our feet as we looked at Sunday. And then offer up unto the Lord our sacrifices, our tithes, our offerings, our service to Him. The second thing they did was station the Levites in the house of the Lord. And they begin to worship with instruments. And commanded, it was commanded by the Lord through the prophets the way they should do this. The whole assembly worshiped. And, and singers also sang, and the trumpet sounded. And it says, all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. They were now experiencing biblical worship, godly worship. They, they didn't get to choose how they worshiped God. They had done that their own way all of this time and yet King Hezekiah comes in and reforms the people and now they got the right attitude of worship. They didn't get to choose how they worship. Listen, I believe this is important in our day because we have churches throughout this nation that are pilfering people. The church of Christ with human made man methodologies of worship that integrates secular paganism as its methods of worship. Listen, the church doesn't need boys to men. What they need is the Word of God in biblical worship. Listen to all the song singing and self-focused, a humanistic methodology of worshiping God rather than exalting God and lifting up God. You listen to the songs and you listen to how many times I are in those songs. It's not about us. It's about exalting God. Because God is all knowing. God is all powerful. God is sovereign. And he is to be worshipped. The way he says. That he is to be worshipped. And so they sang. And they worshipped. And they bowed down. So much that they didn't have enough. Priests to skin As they did all of the offerings. They had to borrow helpers from the Levite brothers. And it says Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over what God had done. And so now they were prepared to worship. And to celebrate the way that God had called them to celebrate. Hezekiah sends out this proclamation, this invitation to all of Israel, all of Judah to come and let's gather together and celebrate the Passover. Now they were instructed in Numbers chapter 9 verse 1, really to 9, on how they were to and when they were to uh, do this Passover celebration. He says here in verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year. And after they had come out of the land saying, Now the sons of Israel are to celebrate the Passover at its appointed time. And so as they celebrated this Passover, we're told that they were to celebrate it the first month on the 14th day of the month at twilight. So some logistics of the law would allow them to celebrate the Passover in the second month. And so there was a deadline that they wanted to meet. They wanted to to still celebrate in the second month since they missed the first one. And so they go out and they call the people to come and celebrate and a decree circulates. And there was a proclamation through all of Israel to come, come. Not, not, not just one or two people, no, all, let, let, let's all come to the, to the celebration of the Passover. And in that proclamation, not only did he call people, he warned people. He said, listen, come, but don't be like your fathers in verse 7 of 30. Don't be stiff-necked and yield against God. Rather, yield unto the Lord and enter His sanctuary, which He has consecrated forever. And serve the Lord your God, that His burning anger may turn away from you. Listen, while many were consecrated, there there were many who were redeemed and able to worship freely, but many were not. I mean, these people had lived the pagan lifestyles and they needed reforming. And Hezekiah comes on the scene and begins to to cause a reformation, a revival among the people. Many of them weren't, though, because of bad leadership. Listen, we, I believe, are experiencing as a nation, as a people, that are not consecrated. We bought into some prosperity gospel, some emotional field theology that promotes self rather than Christ and the sovereign will and work of God in our lives. They bought into a lie. And they believe, many, that they're saved, but the reality is, is their lives, they, they don't even know they're saved. I, I, I've talked to several people this week. Our phones have been ringing off the hook. Praise God for the opportunity to share the gospel with so many. But let me tell you the common thread. No one knows if they're truly saved. It is such a sad situation. Listen, we must know these things He says in John. I've written so that you may know that you are saved. But why? Because there's confusion. There's chaos. There's strange fire. Without saving grace... They needed to be clean and so we need so many to be clean today. We need some of the pulpits to be emptied out and restarted over. We need a revival in the church and that revival begins in each person's heart to be restored into a relationship with Jesus Christ and get back focused on the purpose and that is to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because either you will worship Him now or you will worship Him later. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he has given you grace today to respond to that grace, to love the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, Hezekiah gives this warning of proclamation to the people to come and to celebrate, lest you be disappointing to God. So he warns, but he also promises, I love it in verse 9 of Chapter 30 says, for for if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your sons will find compassion in the presence of those who led them captive. That's their enemies. And you will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and He's compassionate. And listen, He will not turn His face from you if you return to Him. Listen, Hezekiah lived a reformation. He he called the people to change. He he gave them the promises of God that if they returned to the Lord, that He, God, would indeed not turn His face from them. Maybe you're watching today. You realize that deep in the deepest part of your heart that you are not clean, you're not washed in the blood of the Lamb. You, You don't know if you were to die today or Christ were to come back that you would go to heaven. You're 50% sure, you're 60% sure, but you don't know. Well, let me tell you, if you don't know, you are not. Because you cannot have an encounter with the sovereign work of God and not be completely changed. Notice that is a not perfect, it's a process, a progressive sanctification. But maybe you're listening today, and you know you're not clean. You realize that your soul needs help. Maybe you've been brought up in a generation or in a church that's pitched you some prosperity gospel, some emotional-based feeling, preaching. Maybe you've been looking to God, what you can get out of God, rather than what you can give for God. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 59-2, your sins have made a separation between you and your God. Your wrongdoings have caused a separation. And now listen to what he says. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You must be freed from sin. The only way you can be freed from sin is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith in the work of Jesus Christ, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can be restored. You can experience The joy of the Lord. You can have the confidence that you will go to heaven whether He comes here or you go there. Be restored today. Be not lacking. It's a simple truth. You need to trust Christ, and He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Today, you've received an invitation to return to the Lord, to repent, to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And that it was that work, His work, that He did that could save you if you will simply believe in Him. And when you do, let me tell you, there will be a reformation that will take place. There will be a revival that takes place right in your very heart. And when you begin to have that revival in your heart, it will begin to spread like wildfire. It is the spark that creates revival. Is the changed and pure heart that is restored because of the work and the power of the cross. Be a Hezekiah to you leaders. Call your people back to work. Call your people back to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those that are under the leadership of these men, return and let us come celebrate the blood of Christ together as we have the opportunity to preach the gospel to a nation that so desperately needs it. Well, I'm Pastor Stewart. God bless you. And I pray you have a wonderful day. God bless. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.